to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And this week on the podcast, I'm going to be welcoming a gentleman who is a jiu-jitsu grappler. And uh, he and I share, besides jiu-jitsu in common, we both um, share uh, medical, uh, I wouldn't say history, but kind of similarities, I guess, um, in, in the fact that we both have an ostomy. And for those of you who may not be aware, I have a colostomy. I mentioned it, you know, several times on the show. And my guest here, um, James Humberstone, he also has, uh, is it a colostomy or? I have you know, an ileostomy. Okay. So, I, yeah, no large intestine left. Gotcha, gotcha. I always, because whenever I think about it, I always feel like, oh, Everyone who has one, this is a colostomy. We're, you know, we're all one pocket, but no, there are others. So, um, so as you heard, there is my guest here, James. And welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for doing this. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's uh, nice to finally get to talk to you. You're one of the one of the first people I found online when I was starting to think about getting into jujitsu. And trying to find out if there was anyone with an ostomy doing jujitsu. So it's good to finally meet you and chat with you. Well, thank you. Same here. And I remember when you reached out to me uh, back on Facebook, actually, and you had mentioned to me you were, I don't know if you had already been training and then, you know, your uh, coach found out or if you were looking to train, you wanted to warn them ahead of time. But you had mentioned that the gym didn't want you to train because of, you know, just concerns and just hearing that my mind was blown. Cause I was like, wow, really? Like, well, that, that's so bizarre. So I guess, could you tell me a little bit more about that situation? Just how that came about, like going into it and then your feelings, you know, when you got the news. Yeah. So at the time I was living right now, I live in central Canada. Uh, at the time, I was living on the West Coast uh, in Victoria, B.C., on Vancouver Island there. It's a, a bit of a smaller city, so there was not, like, a ton of places to train. But, uh, like, you know, I've been, like, a fan of jiu-jitsu for a while. Like, I've watched a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments. And, like, you know, like, I had UFC Fight Pass. They got, like, jiu-jitsu tournaments coming up to, you know, coming out your years on there and, you can watch tons and tons of footage. Uh, yeah, so like I kind of knew the difference between what a solid jujitsu uh, looked like versus bad jujitsu. And I found the one gym in the t in town where I like these these guys know what they're doing. Like, and I wanted to go with someone who knew what they were doing because I wanted to be safe and. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to learn from people who knew what they were doing. So I reached out to that gym and yeah, um, I told them uh, that I had my ostomy. Uh, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do it, but like I'd been thinking about it for so long. I was like, I'm just going to reach out. And if they say yes, I don't have to, you know, like I can 
I can just think about it, you know. So I reached out and then, and then um, yeah, they just didn't feel like it, it was a good idea. He didn't uh, see how it was possible that an ostomy would stay on. Like, I think he like compared it to like having a bandaid on. He said, you know, like if you have a bandaid on, like it'll come off during training and, and, and uh, I just didn't feel like, because he was the expert, I didn't feel like I could argue with him. So I kind of just said, okay, thanks. Like, thanks for the uh, reply. Like, he was a nice guy and he gave me a thoughtful reply. But then uh, when I started looking, so then I started looking further into it. And that's when I found you. And I noticed, like, looking in Reddit and stuff like that, a lot of guys were saying, you know, it's not going to work. It's a bad idea. And it was either guys who d did jujitsu, but didn't have an ostomy. So they didn't know what it was like to grapple with an ostomy or guys who used to do jujitsu. And now they have an ostomy and they don't do jujitsu anymore saying it wouldn't work. But then I found you and I'm like, well, the one guy who says it, it can work is the one guy who has, jiu-jitsu experience and an ostomy like he's the only guy who actually knows so yeah that's when I reached out to you and like I uh, started doing my homework and yeah I just wanted to uh I didn't have another gym in in uh western Canada that I wanted to approach but uh, I wanted to make sure that when I found a gym like I I could say hey you could talk to this guy if you have any questions, you know, this guy does it, you know, it's, it can be done. And so, uh, that's when I started doing my homework and yeah, I got to know you there. And, uh, first thing I found was your YouTube videos. And then when I reached out, when I uh, found you on Facebook, it just happened that you replied to my post in one of the ostomy communities and I hadn't seen your videos. So on YouTube there. So it's interesting, you know, that you bring up that the people who are saying that it wouldn't work and it's not a good idea were people who didn't have an ostomy. Right. And that, that tends to be, that's a very human thing anyway. Like that's what we do. Right. Like, yeah. Like, you, you can't do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect them to understand like, yeah, like, it, it, I think the idea of an ostomy is a lot worse than reality. And, like, people true. don't understand that it can be neat and tidy and, like, mm -hmm. you know, you can do stuff with it. Most people, that actually, not just most, everyone that I know that has known me, I've, I've had this all my life. I've had it since on and off in childhood. I think the last major surgery, I, I want to say I was five or six and I'm 45 now, so mm -hmm. I've had about, you know, 40 years or so. And I've played football, basketball, jiu-jitsu. You know, I, I'm a rough and tumble kid. I remember I put this post on Instagram. And it was a picture of me and my gi with my shirt pulled up, exposing my bag. And... I had a lot of old classmates and football teammates reaching out to me saying, you, you, 
you played football with that? Like you've done all these things with that? And to me, it didn't seem like anything spectacular or miraculous or anything. It was just life to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, people from outside, if you don't know, you know, you, you think like, oh my God, that is a, you know, that that's wild that you can do that. And, you know, like the coach who replied to you, you know, compared it to, you know, having a bandaid on, you know, how can it stay on, you know, while training? I mean, it's, it's not as difficult as it would seem. I mean, even to the point for myself, sometimes I take precautions, I'll bandage up, like I'll take an ace bandage, I'll, I'll take um, a neoprene brace, and I wear back brace as well. So I'm very, very covered up uh, to number one, protect my stomach, but also just keep things in place. If I get really sweaty and it comes off, um, things like that. I remember in one of the OSME groups on Facebook, because I'm going to be honest, before this group, I think there are three groups I'm in. Before these groups, I not to think like, oh, I'm the only person that exists out there, but I didn't think that there was such a community like that. So there's like just regular, you know, living with the ostomy. And then there are athletes with ostomies. And the one thing I noticed in the athletes group, there was a lot of runners, a lot of swimmers, no grapplers. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was like, hey, guys, I'm here. And, um, you know, I, I, there's a, a, a um, good friend of mine now. He lives up in Detroit, actually where I'm from originally. He, he boxes. And crapples and everything, and he has a he has an ostomy, and you know, it's it's cool to hear these things, knowing like we're out there, we can do these things, but not like we know we can do these things, but letting the rest of the uh, society know that we can do these things because, like you said, they look and think like, oh wow, it's impossible, you can't do that. Like, yeah. Wow. Why? Yeah. And it can get to you sometimes. Like sometimes people can get in your head and you can start to doubt yourself. So like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to see people out there actually doing stuff and not, uh, totally ending their life because they've got an ostomy now when that's not necessary. Yeah. I I have a friend. I actually haven't spoken to him in a while, but right before COVID, uh, locked everything down he was going into some procedure and he was going to need to have a um and ask me himself he reached out to me after seeing a couple posts on facebook and you know he's explaining what's going on with him and asking just basically the transition and you know how difficult would it be for him and the the one thing that I am very honest about when it comes to this is like, I don't know because I've had this since I was a child. So I can't tell someone that, it, you know, their experience would be any different than mine. I could say back in the eighties for me as a little kid, I spent a lot of time in the hospital, you know, just, they, they didn't even really know. So having to spend a lot of time in the hospital, there's a lot of trial and error, like, Oh my God, like so many messes around the house because I didn't know. I had to go to, uh, I guess, what you would call a handicap school, I guess, at the time. I don't know what the fuck, but 
you know, I, I went to a school with special needs children because they weren't sure like how this works for me. So I remember being on the school bus, you know, with, with kids, you know, in wheelchairs and, you know, in, like intellectually delayed individuals. And I'm looking around, I was like, something's not right about this. Like, I don't think I belong here. And once I hit third grade, I think they're like, hey, I think you can handle this yourself. I think you're fine. I still had to change for PE in a separate room, like separate uh, locker room, just because I think they were looking out for me. They didn't want me to get teased or picked on. And up into high school, that's how I operated. Once high school hit, I was like, you can say something if you want. <laughs> like, like, like one or two things will happen. I'll point out that, you know, like, you know, you know what the fuck you're talking about or we'll fight. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to lose that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, you know, when you were told that, you know, you couldn't train at that gym and you, you know, you began doing kind of your, your own homework on your end, like, was it a heavy, you know, heavy thing on your mind or were you just like, you know, this, this is something I wanted to do, but I'll come back, I'll circle back to it, you know, when the time comes. Yeah, I think when it initially happened, it was a, a bit heavy because, like, I, I had been thinking about jujitsu again for such a long time, even before I had my ostomy. And, like, I, I finally, like, gotten up the, the nerve to, to, you know, reach out to a gym and try, try to get myself into it. And then, you know, it was kind of over. And, like I said, there wasn't any other gyms in town that I was really impressed with that, like, I felt, like, comfortable reaching out to. So I felt, like, a little, uh, yeah, I definitely felt a, like it took the window to my sails for sure. And I, I think at the time I felt like, well, that's this. Like, that's that. I'm I'm not going to do jiu-jitsu. And that's just how it's going to be. But, yeah, then I moved to uh, Central Canada. And like, I'm living in another small city here, but I just have, like, I do a video and like media work and I just happened to do a video for the jujitsu gym. And like, I met the, I met the, the professor and he was a super nice guy. And I just got the feeling like this guy's going to like do whatever he's got to do to get me in there. Like, I just felt, I could just tell the kind of guy he was so uh yeah i when i finally reached out again like it was kind of just like yeah it, 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 like it came out of nowhere like all of a sudden i had this opportunity to ask again and like i i like wrote a big email and like i had videos i had your videos i had other videos of other people with ostomies and I had, you know, like I, I explained myself and said, this is why I think it, I could do it. And, and like, yeah, he was just like totally opposite. He was just totally for it. Like, yeah, I have no problem with it. And, and, uh, I hope you, I hope you do come and I hope you do come train with us. So, yeah, like, um, there was definitely a period of time where I thought like, this isn't going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine, you know, there's, there's that moment, especially when there's the one gym that you felt was the gym 
It's like, all right, these guys yeah. are safe. And, and, and you, to their credit, you know, they were being safe. They were keeping you safe in that regard, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like but, part of like what I was looking for, like with jujitsu, like, like I said, I work in media and like a lot of my friends are like media people. And like uh, a lot of my hobbies is like doing media stuff like videos and podcasts. And, and like, I didn't have anything that wasn't like work related that I was doing. I was like, I need something that's totally not work related. And then like, I want to like get down like with the, like the, the culture at the gym and like meet people and like make friends and like, like this, this particular gym just seemed to have like a really good culture. And like, so like there was probably a couple other gyms I could have, could have reached out to in Victoria there. But like I was, yeah, I was just let down that this particular gym wasn't going to have me. And they were the ones I wanted, I wanted to be with. So. Yeah. I, when I went in to initially train, I, so I went to one gym for a trial class. I didn't end up staying with that gym, but my friend who I joined that day, he was already training there. He worked with me because he was aware of my stomach and, you know, he did a good job at making sure not to press on my stomach or anything. And then I, you know, I just decided not to stick with that gym. Just didn't feel like the right fit for me. Uh, fast forward to maybe a year later, a little less than a year later, the gym that I initially, you know, signed up with and, and, you know, really started grappling and where the video was shot as well that, um, that you saw on YouTube, uh, was Ivy league MMA. And I didn't tell anyone at all. I didn't tell anyone for, uh, probably a year, maybe, uh, I'm trying to think because I started training and just no. So I put the, the pictures up on Instagram about three months in my coach reached out to me and he didn't know what the hell it was. Um, I think his, his ex-wife saw the pictures cause she, she was more frequent on social media than he was. So she told him, um, I go to class the next time and he comes, I was like, Dante, you, you wear a catheter bag. And I was like, I, mean, I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. But, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I have a colostomy. And, you know, he, uh, you know, was like, you know, genuinely curious. So we sat and talked. And then he mentioned, like, you know, it might be, you know, a good idea. You know, maybe put a video out about that. I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. I'm not very big on, you know, showing my face on social media or anything. I'm just... <clears throat> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm bashful, but you know, I took his advice. We, we put together the video and it was in my early white belt days. So I look at that video. I'm like, Oh my God, I was so bad. That's the only thing I take from that video. I think it's like, Oh yeah, he's doing jujitsu with a colostomy. And I'm looking like, Oh no, that's not jujitsu. <laughs> but, um, I, I think, you know, one of the things when you reached out to me, you know, my initial thought was, you know, dude, that sucks. You know, I'm sorry to hear that. But then I also thought, I was like, I mean, there is also just go in and train. Just, you know, take your precautions beforehand and just go in and train without telling anyone. And 
the risk to that though is neon belly for sure um people and even where i am now a lot of people don't know about my colostomy Mm -hmm. yeah it's been the same with me like uh the coach knows but i've been surprised no one's noticed no one's asked no one's like felt that they're you know like mm -hmm. seen it you know yeah i always think about it too when i am training for those who do know like there's there's uh one of our i guess he just got promoted to purple belt uh big guy big strong guy and the friendliest guy you could ever encounter but you get on get on the mats with him and he, he'll wrist lock you without hesitation um I spoken with him about it because he's a big fella. And I was like, look, he might rag on me. Let me let this dude know right now. So, um, but I told him after one of our roles, he had put a gnarly neon belly on me. He like, out like I, I was suffering. And like, when I told him, I was like, oh my God, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, like, why didn't you tell me when I was doing the neon belly? I was like, what? Well, and part of this for me is like, I don't want, people to roll differently with me because of it you know i guess when i say that i want you to be cautious but like cautious in the sense of like if i tell you i got a bad knee don't don't go for a knee bar um and you know even with the neon belly you can go for neon belly on me it's my responsibility to get away from it or prevent it you know so that's kind of always my thought which is why i don't tell a lot of people what i wanted to tell him because it like I could just tell he's not reckless. He's not a hurt like he, he's not out there hurting teammates, but he's training to win. He's he's prepping for competitions. So he's putting beatdowns on people. And I'm like, yeah, I think I might actually get in a situation with this dude where like it, it you know could just get ugly. But um th that you know is a risk of you know, if you don't tell anyone, you go in and train. And then something happens and no one there knows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No one knows what to do. No one knows how to help you. But then on the other side of it, though, too, is you don't get people treating you differently. Yeah. Uh, that, that's yeah. A, that's a concern. Yeah. And that's a big thing, I think, with like an awesome Like you don't want to be treated like you're not normal. Yes. It's just that way with any kind of medical thing, I think. But mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I had the same concern, especially me on belly. I'm a smaller guy, too. A lot of the guys at the gym are bigger, quite a bit bigger. So, like, their knee covers my whole torso almost. So, like, it's it's hard to get away from. But so far, I've been in a beginner's class that's been pretty light sparring. So, like, okay. uh, I'm kind of easing into it still. Good, good. And how long have you had um your ostomy um i had one when i was a kid as well like when i think i got my first one when i was 10 okay. 10 years old and and then i had it all the way through high school then i got it reversed and i was uh okay like i had a uh, crohn's and i was um I was healthy enough uh, with the reversal and I had no problems till I was about 27. And then I started having problems again and like the reversal just went like it just expired and it wasn't working anymore. And I tried to save it. I, you know, I had a couple surgeries to try to bypass it and rest it and see if I can 
uh, get a get the reversal going again, but it just didn't work. So, uh, yeah, when I was around 27, 28, I had the permanent ostomy done, and now I'm 38. So yeah, I've had it about 10 years again. Okay. Yeah. When I was a freshman in high school, yeah, I believe about a freshman in high school, or no, actually before high school, so eighth grade, they offered a reversal, and I declined because I thought about. I was like, man, I'm about to go into high school, and I've like, I'd have to be potty trained. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea for me to go into high school. I'm already the new kid, the weird kid, the quiet kid. You know, now I'm going to be the smelly kid. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then they hear the diaper. Like, nah, <laughs> nah, let's, let's just pass on that. Yeah, and yeah. then it's, it's weird because it's like you have the bag that crinkles in itself. But, you know, it, I, I just decided I don't want to do it. it it's. I'd already had too many surgeries up to that point, and it just wasn't something that I felt like would benefit me other than the ideal of being normal by by society standards. Mm-hmm. So I decided for myself to just stay with what I have because it's it's a part of me at this point. So I just decided let's keep rocking with it. And I remember my grandfather... He tried to convince me because, again, I'm at that age where he's like, well, you know, one of the things that could become a problem is having a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's like, I remember saying to him, I was like, yeah, I'm not really stressed about that. Because at that time, only thing that was important to me was comic books and football. Uh, not that, you know, I didn't look at girls like, oh, hey, girl, what's up? How you doing? But, you know, it was like, yeah, if they like me, they like me. If they don't, they don't. And that's always been my attitude. Like, Look, at some point, people are going to have to find out about this. And if they're cool with it, I appreciate it. If they're not cool with it, I appreciate knowing that they're not cool with it. And I know where not to invest my time. So it's, and now hearing, um, you know, your story, the reversal, and then it kind of expired and just didn't take later on. It makes me wonder if you know they would have done that to me back in what 92 and then somewhere down the line you know you know about you know 10 years or so you know i gotta go back in and i'll have it made permanent and it's like well we went through an extra step that i probably didn't need to go through so mm-hmm. i don't know i I, yeah. I i still think about it a lot <laughs> yeah yeah i i like um I don't know what I like now I'm permanent. Like I can't, there's not, I got nowhere else to go now. I'm permanent ostomy, but I think about like, what would I do if I could, could have a reversal again? And like, there's some days where it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'd take it. But uh, at the same time, I feel so much more healthy with my ostomy. I gain weight more, you know, like I was real thin without it and like i could i could eat less without it like i'd get plugged up easy and like um yeah it's just like the reversal was like the only thing good about it was you didn't have an ostomy like i still had symptoms that i don't have anymore 
you know, I, I, I was still kind of like, and some of the symptoms were pretty brutal. Like I'd get like, uh, when I'm with Crohn's, like you'll get like really swollen, like joints, my ankles would get so swollen. I couldn't walk. And like, so aside from that, I was healthy, but like, I, you know, I, I'd like go to a day at work and like, I couldn't walk the next day. And like, since I had my, uh, permanent ostomy done, I don't have those problems anymore. So yeah, like if I could have a reversal again, I don't, I don't know if I do it as well. Like I, I'm, I'm, there's some days where I just hate the thing, you know, I just, I just can't stand it. But, uh, overall, like I feel so much more healthy with it. Yeah. And I look better. I feel better. Yeah. Good. Good. Do you have any like dietary restrictions? Uh, no, no, not really. Like, there's some things that I can't eat, like just really specific things, like uh, mandarin oranges. Like they got that like weird skin on them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, stuff like that. Like corn, obviously, I can't eat. But yeah. but um, I've found that uh, like I've tried everything. I've tried like vegetarian. I've tried everything like to see like what's going to work the best for me. And personally for me, I find that eating a lot of meat and only select vegetables makes me feel the best. So yeah, I, I eat a lot of meat and like, then like select greens, like broccoli I'll eat or asparagus I'll eat. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. I, I think I'm kind of in a similar, um, area when it comes to food mm -hmm. and, and it's funny because it's like i always just say i don't necessarily like corn anyway mm -hmm. so i just don't eat it period like my wife she, like if i'm grilling she'll go you know make some corn on the cob and boil that up and and it's like you know i'm just like okay cool i'm you know it's not for me. A big part of it is just, you know, eating corn gets stuck in my teeth. So not, not <laughs> even thinking about the effects it has on my stomach. It's just, like, oh, it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's a pain in the ass. I'm <laughs> but, um, you know, it like I have, I actually do have some trouble with beef. Um, something that not often. I think it's like if I have it like a whole lot without throwing something like chicken in there or cutting it with something else. But there's some days I'm just craving it. And I just, I want a steak. I want a burger and back-to-back sit-ins or days or something, you know? Well, yeah. Life. Yeah. I eat a lot of beef, but um, I find them um, when you can get it, bison's really good. It's a lot like beef, but it's less greasy. It's like more lean. It's easier on your stomach. Um, That's a good call. Yeah. I have a little bit of trouble with like, uh, chicken off the bone, like, you know, like chicken breasts and stuff like that. They bother me for some reason. I think because sometimes they get pumped full of water, salt water. Yeah. Just to like, you know, make them plump and juicy. So like, uh, sometimes that bothers my stomach a bit, but chicken on the bone is good. Or like, uh, yeah, like I said, bison's a big one that I really like when I can get it. I'm going to have to look into that. I know with chicken breasts, for the longest time as a kid, that's, well, I wouldn't say I could only really eat chicken as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like that's just what felt the best of my stomach. And I got to a point where I hated chicken so much. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't stand chicken. So whenever my wife bakes like chicken breasts, 
like I oftentimes like I'll call or text. Hey, hey, what are we have for dinner tonight? She's like, oh, I was gonna throw some chicken in the oven. So like, okay, cool. Now I'll stop somewhere else, <laughs> like <laughs> eat on the way home, like eat in the car. Now I'll get home. I'm like, mm, man, all right, ready to have this chicken. You know, <laughs> like nibble a little bit of, but I don't eat like a whole bunch just because. Like I, I'm, I'm tired of it. Number one, just all my life, tired of it. But also, I don't feel great after eating it. Like I love drumsticks, chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you tell me there's a wing competition, wing eating competition, I'm there. You, you mm-hmm. can't stop me. But but yeah, as far as um, you know, meats go, I'll have to look into to bison i never even thought about it because the the point that you brought up about you know it's less greasy yeah yeah it's all muscle so like there's hardly any fat in it Mm -hmm. thank you for that um (laughs) so with your training right now and you know just like so you're doing uh, the beginner's classes so it's very very limited sparring for you at the moment um, you know, how are you, how are you liking everything, you know, so far, how long you've been training also? Yeah, good. Um, I, I, when did I start? I think I started in December. Okay. And, um, uh, just been going once a week and, uh, yeah, like I had planned, like right now it's just beginners and it's all no gi. Okay. I had planned to at this point be in regular classes and doing traditional and no gi. But, um, like, yeah, I just felt like I wasn't in great shape. Like I was having trouble with certain things. Like my core strength was, is like obviously a bit messed up from all the surgeries and, and stuff. So, um, and like, I'm a pretty small guy, but I wasn't like benefiting from anything that a smaller guy would usually benefit from. Like my cardio wasn't great and like, I wasn't quick and agile. So like, I just thought like, you know, I'm going to stick with the beginner's classes for a bit and then I'm going to do something like, you know, do some working out, build up my strength, do some yoga, get, get a little more flexible, just take it nice and slow. And then, uh, like yeah, like I can't wait to get into cl- like regular classes where I can go more than once a week. But uh, sure. but yeah, like uh, that'll be uh, quite a bit more like intense than what I'm doing now. So yeah, I, j- I definitely got to ease into it and take it slow. Gotcha. But uh, yeah. like I feel good when I do it. I, like I feel great after jujitsu. You know, like it's a bit nerve wracking before, but. Yeah, I always feel good after it, and uh, everyone at the gym I'm at now is really nice. So, yeah, it's a it's been a good experience. Not, not nothing negative to say yet. Well, good, good. And the class that you take right now, how long is the class? It's about uh, two or three hours. Okay, that's so. That, that's good, good. Because uh, you know, whenever I think about a class, I think you know one hour, maybe 90 minutes sometimes depending. So I was like, so you're doing two, two to three hours. So that's actually really good. At least for, you know, once per week, you're getting, you know, some time on the mat mm-hmm. um, in there. And I, I think once you start going more frequently too, 
a lot of the the issues that you're having as far as like you know your cardio that that comes with you know with the training as it goes about you're mm-hmm. you know being agile and you know just having a better understanding of jujitsu on the mat because we we could watch all the fights in the world i remember i was in the same boat you know watching ufc left and right just watching so much mma watching strike force watching elite xc you know just watching all this 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 mma and seeing the grappling you know i thought i understood mm-hmm. until i got out there and then i realized i didn't understand I was like, oh, right. God. like this is so different the movement yeah. is different and, and cardio is huge yeah yeah i knew it was gonna be hard like i had no like delusions that like i didn't think i was gonna go in there especially being a smaller guy i didn't think i was gonna go in there and kick ass but um i i was sort of in the same boat like i'd watched a lot of of jujitsu and like uh you know researched it a lot and uh like just like even just remembering like the steps of like you know getting into a key lock like just like the coach would say, tell us the steps and then okay grab a partner and try it and like i'd already forget like half the steps you know like there's there's so much to know and like everything's broken down into such little steps which is great which is what makes jiu-jitsu great but yeah like it's uh it takes some practice to 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 uh get used to memorizing all that stuff and yeah like um burning it into your brain are you more of a you know, visual learner or kinetic learner, like, you know, what works best for you in terms of, in terms of absorbing it? Yeah, I think, um, a visual, like usually like, it, um, the best way for me is like, if they actually do it right in front of me, but even then sometimes like sitting there and watching it and then getting in the position and actually being in the position, you know, you're, you feel like it, you're, everything's backwards and like, yeah. Trust me. We, we've all been there, my friend. And it, it you think it's going to get better, but it, it's, it, it doesn't. <laughs> you're like, you're like, Oh wait, what? Like coach is like, all right, everybody got that. Any questions? No questions. All right. And break. And you're like, wait, what the fuck did we just like when you get with your partners like you want to go first you want me to go first yeah, yeah. Say, i'll go first yeah that's the big thing like oh who wants to go first I, i'm always like you you go first i like when we do something complicated and i know that i don't know and then i and i'm like i'm pretty sure they don't know so i'm gonna go ahead and go first and just start doing some other shit until coach comes over like what the fuck are you doing it's like oh <laughs> uh like i need help <laughs> but i mean even though you know those those you know kind of hurdles exist you know i think there's still a lot of benefit and and amazement from what you're doing because not everyone is even willing to try this mm-hmm. so you know when, when you look at like I have so many friends that I'm like, dude, you should, you know, try it out, you know, come out there and train. They just have no desire to do it for one reason or the other. They have their preconceived notions. I got one buddy, 
remember we talked about martial arts, you know, just growing up in our 20s. And he's like, I wouldn't want to do a martial arts class because you see on TV shows, they put you in there with a 10 year old kid, like you're a grown man learning Taekwondo with, with 10 year olds. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure that's a TV show. So it's not completely real. But also, and then meanwhile, I'll tell stories about when I first started at Ivy League, you know, I, I, did my trial class with a 14 year old who beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that doesn't make anyone feel any better about one. So I was like, so I'm going to get beat up by a kid. Like, yeah. you know, I just happened to get beat up by a kid that day, but you'll probably get beat up by me because if we're going there together, I'm going to try to make sure that I'm working with you and I will take care of you and make sure you're, you're grasping it. But there are a lot of people who they won't even consider doing it. And the fact is, you know, I don't, I don't try to use uh, fear tactics. So I say, well, if you don't train, you're going to get mugged or you're going to get robbed. Like, I think it is good, though, for mental health, your physical health, for me, emotional health, you know, because there's some days I need to get humbled. There are some days I'm a shitty person. Mm-hmm. I go to jiu-jitsu and get my ass kicked. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have been so mean to that, that other person, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah no. yeah it's uh definitely humbles you and i i'll i agree that it's huge for your mental health like uh just going through all the surgeries and being sick and stuff like i've uh read a lot about trauma and like uh the effect that can have on you and one one, one thing i've understood about trauma from reading about it is like a good way to like get past it is to put yourself in these dicey situations and come out okay. So in jujitsu, you're doing that constantly. You're you're constantly in combat with somebody, and at the end of the day, you're all right. Like you survive it. Like even if you don't win the round, like you know, it's uh. And I think that's that's good for your trauma and good for like uh, yeah, just getting getting over things. For sure. I, I definitely like the ideal of, you know, training and just kind of using this. As, like, I don't want to say use jujitsu as therapy. Mm-hmm. I know that that's a big thing. People are like, jujitsu is not therapy. Therapy is therapy. Shut up. Everybody does mm-hmm. therapy difference. But I don't want to say, you know, substitute, you know, jujitsu for, you know, talking to someone. But I do see the benefit, though. If you're having a bad day, you know, go train, get lost in your reps, get lost in the wonderment of learning something new. You know, if there's a move that you've been working on and you've been struggling, go get lost in, in trying to figure it out. And, you know, that's I, I don't consider that, oh, ignoring your problems. I, I think when people say, oh, well, so you're just going to ignore your problems. It's like, well, no, I used to work in customer service and I get cussed out by people for no reason. Like when I say no reason, it's like they have a reason, but the reason that they're cussing me out has nothing to do with me. They're mad at the company, but I happen to be the person there. So yeah, I'm going to go to jujitsu and get lost in in thought because I don't want to worry about that person anymore versus going to the bar and drinking myself into a stupor and, and being mad at this person that is probably off living their life now and not thinking about me. Mm-hmm. So jiu-jitsu really the gym period is a healthy outlet i think but jiu-jitsu i think is a better one 
So another question that I kind of wonder about with having an ostomy for you, you know, when it comes to dietary, you know, you, you know, you primarily stick to meat and select vegetables, um, like drinking, do you have any issues with alcohol? If you do drink alcohol at all, you know, like in life, sometimes people just like, I don't drink, but if you do drink, do you have any issues with it or do you metabolize it fine? Yeah, like um, I haven't drank since COVID started just because I stopped going out. So, you know, like I stopped drinking. So I haven't been drinking, but like uh, I, I do drink. And I'll probably drink again. Uh, mostly I drink beer and uh, th that's about it. Uh, it didn't bother me, no. Like I didn't have any issues with it. Like I didn't, I never drank a lot. Like I wasn't like a beer in the fridge kind of guy, beer after work kind of guy. I was more like if I was like out on a date or like out with my buddies, I'll have a beer, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I didn't drink, uh, I, I quit hard alcohol a long time ago, like just for my mental health. But uh, yeah, beer like seemed to go down good. Yeah, it doesn't seem to bother me. Okay, all right. Like I'm asking a lot of these questions because, again, I, you know, my entire life, I'm the only one that I knew. So it's like if I'm going through something, it's like, is this something that all of us go through or is it just me? Mm -hmm. So even though I do a beer review show and I drink beer for the show, like, I, I, beer does give me fits. Like. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've had some rough, but like college years specifically, because that was the binge drinking time where it's like, oh, like have a water and I'd rather have a beer. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the right attitude. No, it's all right. Now I'm going to go for a jog. But, you know, now I don't drink as much, obviously, as the college years. But when we, and even when we do the beer review shows, we split a beer. Like usually a 12 ounce can of beer will just, you know, actually, my co-host pours. It, it's probably more. I would say seventy thirty his way because I'll look at his glass. I'm like, dude, there's a lot of beer in your glass. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get a good sample in with the little bit that you just left me. Yeah, whatever. But I do tend to have some issues with beer myself. That's why I was wondering. I was like, is that? And it could just be me. Just yeah, and like also, there's a fact too. I guess that I've got the ileostomy. Like, uh, so much fluid get like doesn't touch me. You know, it comes out the other end. Gotcha. So, like, you know, drinking beer, even though I'm a pretty small guy, if I pace myself, I can drink tons of beer because it just, you know, it doesn't touch me. Gotcha. But uh, I think that might be part of it. Um, I was also working on like a documentary series about beer at like uh, craft breweries and like after and before every every shoot we'd be half in the bag before we even started and yeah like it started to become a bit much but yeah, I could imagine and I'm thinking honestly it is probably just more so me um, when it comes to like I said. It, could be the yeast. It could just be the type of beers we're drinking because we're, we're drinking a lot of heavier IPAs and 
hazies and sour. Yeah, which which I don't like. I drink like dirty, cheap dad beer. (laughs) Old Mil Old Milwaukee. Oh my goodness! (laughs) (laughs) Like first off, I gotta I gotta call it that. Just dirty. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. My co-host and I, we always like that. That was us for for years, and then once we started doing this other show we're drinking because it happened on accident we're just sitting here, we're like let's do a podcast all right start recording just start talking shit and we're drinking while we're doing it and we decided what would you give this beer on a uh, one to ten scale and then it just started happening he showed up the next week with three different beers well at first when we started doing it he showed up with a bunch of beer mm-hmm. I was like dude i'm not trying to get fucking drunk every every Saturday night that we do this, dude. This is ridiculous. Then he understood. Like, okay, let me tone it down a little bit. So we bring three beers, and we split the three beers. And then he started bringing different kinds of beers. Then he started like it became an adventure for him to go find different kind of beers. So, like now, and now when I go to parties, if I'm about to go, I'm like, all right, let me hit the store. Let me see what did we review. Okay, we gave this a high score. Let's go ahead and take this to the party. You show up to the party, and everyone's got Coors Light. Yeah, like Miller Lite, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, hmm, yeah, all right. And I'm about to drink this nine percenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there a big craft beer scene in your area? Um, there are actually quite a few, um, like breweries around here, more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Before. I, I didn't know until we started doing the one podcast. My buddy would tell me about it, and it's like. Yeah, it's like a lot of beers are Maryland based. Uh, we get, yeah, mostly Maryland based beers or a lot of East Coast beers. You'll get some stuff from PA up in Pennsylvania, here in Maryland, Virginia, stuff like that. But for me, you, you know, when it comes to all the stats and the questions about the beers, he he does a lot of good notes. I'm just here to drink the beer and say, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or I love this. This is yeah. delicious. Like it, it, like the way my scale works is if I base it off of if I'm at a party and you hand this to me, would I drink it? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then we're in the right direction. In most beers that we've had, it, it's usually in that pocket. But all, I'm also the, the kind of asshole that I I'll rate my beer higher because it's got a higher uh, alcohol percentage. So. It's like if it's a 12 percenter, it's like, ooh, that's a <laughs> good time. Yeah. Whereas a real beer reviewer is like, oh, well, you know, it's a little hoppy. And I'm like, yes, I'm just here to fucking get plastered. Like, I'm here to party. I'm not, yeah. I'm not here to taste. Yeah. So your work, like in film and stuff, because, you know, from time to time, I, I you know, shuffle through your face, uh, not Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm like, oh, oh, my goodness. Like, Look at all this. This looks really, really cool. Like, what kind of, how did that become, uh, you know, a thing for you? Was it just an interest you've always had, or did it just, like, for some things, I know, like, podcasting just happened for me. Yeah. Yeah, like, honestly, I'm not even a big film guy. Like, I'm not a big movie guy. Um, But, like, uh, it started, like, being in high school, I was playing in bands, like, punk rock bands. And so it started off as like recording music, you know, recording in the studio. And that's what I started doing. And I went to school for that. And that's what I did for a job for a while. And then eventually, 
just it, it went from recording music to doing sound for film and like a lot of documentary films and um i haven't done very many scripted films but like uh, i'll be doing some here this 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 year uh just some d-list hallmark films but uh yeah mostly documentary work and uh i'll do like the location sounds so like actual being on location and recording the audio and then i'll also do the sound mixing so being in the studio and mixing the audio that's one of those things that i'm always you would think like oh this guy does a podcast he knows what the fuck he's doing i don't <laughs> more often than i, I just i like i'm going to take this this video here that we're recording through now i'm going to convert it to audio <laughs> yeah. What y'all get. Yeah. I mean, check me out. Like, I just like basically said I'm an audio engineer, and I'm on here with my, my, my fucking hey. iPod mic. Hey, I mean, it works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I always look at. It. It's like it's not about you know, like I said with beer. I'm not here for the taste of the beer. I'm here for the function of the beer. Same <laughs> yeah. thing with, with, with your headphones, your mic. Hey, it ain't got to be pretty. It's just got to work. Yeah. <laughs> That's always been my philosophy in life. And I got friends who really hate that I say, oh, it's good enough. And they're like, well, good enough is something lazy people say. No, it's people who don't stress. We say <laughs> that. I, I don't stress about shit. The only time I stress is like when it comes to the podcast, at least, if there'll be a period where I overbook guests and I'll have like so many episodes, like just in the can. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> How do I get all these episodes out? Cause you know, I'll tell people it's like, okay, your episode's coming out this date. And it's like, your shit's not coming out for five weeks. <laughs> and then sometimes I'll forget the book people like, well, so you and I were supposed to record at, at believe last week yeah last week so, and i didn't that was like when when messages like you're not feeling i was like okay no big deal you know i got it covered and i'm looking through I was like oh fuck i don't have it covered no. and i just happened i got an email from a buddy we had just had a party week before and i recorded something at his house and he was like hey i'm not gonna use this i already got enough stuff from that weekend and you know this is jujitsu that's that's not my bag so i'm gonna send it to you and i was like thank you so much they like, those are the times when i stress is when i'm like shit what am i gonna do what i, I yeah. guess i don't want to record my seven-year-old again yeah <laughs> yeah it's not like she would love it but. yeah 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 it's definitely not easy like continuing to come up with ideas week after week after week like people like who to who to who to record and like getting it all organized yeah it's like a it's quite quite the task yeah and i, I think like I was just speaking with a young lady from Australia, very, very nice young lady. And, you know, as we're talking about me doing the podcast and I was like, she was like, you know, you're you, like, you do a lot of stuff. Like, she's like, I do a lot of stuff just to keep me out of trouble. Mm -hmm. like, if I'm not recording a podcast, editing a podcast, uh, posing action figures in this basement or doing jujitsu or watching jujitsu, being with my family, you know, going to the playground with my daughter, you know, any of these things. If I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm probably doing something nefarious. I'm probably getting drunk and mm -hmm. then just getting rowdy at a bar for no reason. I haven't done that in years. So uh, a, a big credit to keeping me out of trouble is jujitsu. 
uh, becoming a father, uh, you know, finding hobbies that keep me like in, invested in, in what what's going on. So even though I might stress a little bit with doing the podcast, I love the stress. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's working for you. Like you you got quite the Instagram following and yeah, like people seem to be listening. Yeah. It's working, whatever you're doing. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's I, hard to get people to listen to your shit, man. Like, and, and people are listening. So you're doing something right. I mean, I'd like to think that it's just that we're being people. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you know, I listen to some podcasts and you can tell when people are, you know, putting on an act. You, you know, there, there's a lot of social media stuff right now, you know, where you'll see a video and people really buy into it, like, oh, my goodness, you know, whatever it may be, you know, to get a reaction. It's like you guys can't tell that's that's staged. People don't respond that way. Like, like, that's just not real. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing I like to think that my podcast, uh, my friends over at Nerd Age Radio, uh, you know, all, all all their collected you know shows there's a genuine like you're just being you mm-hmm. and sometimes that gets me in trouble <laughs> but <laughs> at least i'm being honest though like like if i say something that's not politically correct it's not because i'm a dick it's because like honestly i don't care mm-hmm. like, like you know I'm all in favor of everybody being who they want to be, but please don't ask me what my opinion is on it because chances are I'm going to say I don't care or I'm going to say I don't know enough about it or I'm just going to say something really out of pocket that I wasn't planning to say. And then I'm like, oh, shit, where'd that come from? I mean, that's real. Like a lot of people don't care. Like really when you you think about it. I think people try to act like they care and they mm-hmm. get outraged and it's like, you don't have to do that. You could just, yeah. if you don't have an opinion about, um, you know, beer and, and who, who they're sponsoring now, it like, you don't have to get upset about it. You don't have to care. Like I, I haven't drank, but like, not because they had a trans spokesperson. I just don't drink. Cause it, it's like the beers that we've been drinking now. It does what I needed to do fast. If I drink mm-hmm. Bud Light, I'm gonna have to drink seven of them. Yeah, at least fill something. Whereas if I drink, you know, a, a fucking uh, Victory Hazy uh, um, Sour Monkey or something. Yeah, you know, two of those, and I am good to go. Son. Yeah, yeah, like a so, Bud Light's like water compared to like a good IPA. Yeah. So, and and that's not to say that you know th- those those light beers don't have their place either, but argument is not where the place is at least over you know why you're why you're drinking it versus no i'm not drinking because of this sponsor i'm not drinking because it tastes like shit Mm -hmm. Um, like we are not the same but i mean ultimately what it really comes down to is like like you said a lot of people don't care Mm -hmm. and you know i had someone ask me about something a few years back and that's what it was like i don't care and she goes she was like what how could you not care and i was like because i don't want to be stressed like, like I just yeah, I just want to eat this this chicken salad. Yeah, my day. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, man. These days, like uh, with like the internet the way it is now, and politics becoming so cartoonish. 
like it's just like if you cared about every little thing like you yeah you'd go out of your mind yeah I, trust me my my wife does it a lot <laughs> she'll see me a video i'm like i don't even care man it's just like fuck this is something like that that I, like i'm supposed to get mad about it's like well you gotta care i, I, don't, I don't have to sometimes it's just nice to just consume mindless content like oh, yeah. i fucking watch a shitload of reality tv <laughs> it's horrible fuck it's terrible it's terribly made and it's just garbage but like i just shut my brain off and watch two hours of that shit yeah i mean and sometimes that's what you have to do to kind of get through like if, if especially if you had a stressful day mm -hmm. you come home you're like what can i do to just kind of decompress you like for me i come home and I, I turn on hulu and i watch wwe like you know like old wwe or I'll watch um, old 80s and 90s sitcoms. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah, I watch a ton of old wrestling as well. Yeah, like a few hours a week at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say I would say no less than maybe three to four hours. And, 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 and granted, you know, like some of the programs are two hours long themselves, if not three. So. It depends. I might even, you know, go on an app and watch, you know, like old WrestleMania shit like that, mm -hmm. old WCW, and it's just like, huh, like you know, just kind of living in the nostalgia. But guess what? I'm not worried about what's going on, right, outside my doors. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to to shut your brain off and yeah, escape for sure. Okay. And once in a while, I'll jump on Instagram because I got to do my posts for Instagram, so. Out sometimes I go to the comments for entertainment and just like see who's got what to say. It's like, huh, that wasn't very nice of them. <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended because of the poor grammar or what they are trying to call me, but <laughs> one way or the other, yeah. But, but yeah, as long as we're all happy, as long as we're all safe and healthy, that's what counts. Mm -hmm. right. Well. James, let's go ahead and wrap up here. Mm -hmm. I want to first off thank you again for sharing your time with us. Yeah, thanks sharing, for having me. I, ho I hope it's uh, interesting enough for, I know I'm not like super over the top, so hopefully it's interesting enough for your listeners there. I I would prefer you not be over the top, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, it, it, I think a big thing again is you're genuine you're you and mm -hmm. that resonates with people and that shines through i think stronger than anything because if you came on here and you're telling this super colorful story and and going into detail i mean if that's your personality that's your personality but just you you feel very reserved and just kind of like i don't want to say soft-spoken but like you know like calculated in in, in your answer I, I knew a guy in high school he was very intelligent, but he didn't speak a lot mm -hmm. because he understood that he wasn't great with words. So he only spoke when he needed to speak. Mm -hmm. And it was stressful, mm -hmm. but appreciated because it's like it's like Silent Bob almost. Mm -hmm. like, okay, this guy is only gonna talk when he has something to say. So I feel like you're kind of like a, like, look, 
when it's go time, you're ready to talk, you're ready to talk, but more often than not, you're like, look, man, <laughs> I ain't got to say shit. Yeah, not a big talker. That's why I don't have my own podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have one myself. But... Hey, I get it. I get it. My my grandfather's not a big talker, and I invited him on as a guest. And then I was like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> this is going. So, but uh, James, thank you so much again. Thank you for sharing your story, your time. Yeah. And uh, before we get out of here, are there any shout outs or mentions you'd like to drop for us? Yeah, um, I want to shout out uh, another awesome guy that does jujitsu out of UK, Luke Cottrell. Luke Cottrell, I can't, I can't remember his name, but uh, he goes by Goose with Without Guts. You can find him on Instagram or YouTube with um, under Goose Without Guts. He makes videos and you know documents his jujitsu jujitsu uh journey so yeah i want to shout him out and and yeah um i think that's about it like yeah shout out shout out this podcast because yeah like uh, i've been i've been listening to a bunch of episodes i really enjoyed it and enjoyed being on well thank you thank you i appreciate you know appreciate you listening and appreciate the shout out as well so always find that you know again if you know people want to share i'm willing to listen i'm willing to have yeah. them on so and yeah i guess i should shout out uh the gym and brandon that i go to uh brandon academy of Mar martial arts um brandon. also goes by whamma w-a-m-m-a -M -M -A. all right all right awesome i'll make sure to get them tagged in the notes and everything and also make sure that you know anyone that's interested can find them and go follow uh, otherwise as always for everyone listening thank you i do appreciate the hell out of everyone if y'all have any questions concerns criticisms always feel free to reach out to me you can find me at bjj.wiki on instagram off the mats podcast on instagram I'm all over Instagram, so you can find me. I I think I have 14 accounts. I don't use all of them, but I'm out there. So you can find me. Shoot me a message. If you're mad at me, let me know why. There's a guy I work with at, at work. He told me the other day he was mad at me, and I said, okay, that's cool. All I ask is that you talk to me about it. So if y'all mad at me, let me know that too. Right? Look, like I like to say, you talk to me, I'll talk back. It's that simple. Uh, I'm going to give a big shout out to my friends over there at Nerd Rage Radio, Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn, Phil, Ricky, Tiki, um, Raul, all the crew, everybody, all of you. Thank yous. Uh, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be podcasting. So there's that. I appreciate those guys. And I was on the most recent episode. I want to say it's 409, maybe 407. No, 407. Episode 407. Um I don't remember what we talked about, but I know there's a lot of nonsense going on, and I probably said a lot of bad words. Um, also, want to do a shout out to my other sh uh, show. So, you like horror? If you like scary movies, go check that out. Uh, we are going to be talking about an upcoming episode. We're going to be reviewing a movie called Killer Kites. Uh, it's a movie that we're going to review. It was sent in to us. So, I appreciate that. So, if y'all got some shit y'all want to send to me, I'll watch it and tell you how I feel. You know, I'm an attention whore, so let's do it. And then um, last but not least, 
big shout out to my guest here, Mr. James. Thank you again for doing this. Yeah, and, thank you. Hey, uh, and hey, man, thanks for putting your stuff out on the internet. Like I know you said, you're not very fond of being on camera, but uh, those videos really started it for me. Like seeing someone else do it, and like, yeah, it means a lot. Good. I'm. I'm glad that. I'm glad it helped someone. Like I told my coach, if it reaches one person, that's you know, it it counts. It matters. Mm -hmm. So, I'm glad it, it. I'm glad it reached you, and I'm glad it you know really gave you kind of that push mm -hmm. to not not give up after being told no, we 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 don't feel comfortable having you train here. So. You know, thank you just for checking that out. Thank you for being the guest. And I'd love to have you back on again, even though I know you're not a big talker. I I, I think we can have some some fun, fun conversations. Yeah, friend. yeah. Maybe once I start my regular jujitsu classes and get more into it, I'll come back on. I'd definitely like to come back on for sure. Absolutely. I would be more than happy to have you back on. So we'll get that set up, my friend. All right. And everyone else, again, we love you. Appreciate you. You guys keep listening. We're going to keep making these shows. So thank you, everyone, and goodbye. They promised. Now let me see his song.